form and formlessness. When I close my eyes for a moment, that formlessness is the case, is extremely obvious, undoubtable. No form, perception, distance, separation, no objects, no awareness of objects, no awareness standing on its own, no ground of being. With my eyes open, if I look closely at something and don't move, don't manipulate the world of symbols in any way, then it's very obvious that formlessness is the case in the same way. Apparent objects are formless. Apparent distance is illusory. Weight, substance, dimension, meaning, purpose, these are all afterthoughts. Referring to nothing specific. Referring to what can never be found. And yet, in this apparent world, in this world of symbols and appearances, there's no problem navigating the symbolic nature. There's no problem coordinating hand movements, body movements. There's no problem communicating about objects existing in time and space or people existing in time and space coming, going, deciding, picking, choosing. This is the world of symbology, the world of relativity, and there's no problem there either. There's nothing injecting itself into that. There's nothing holding on to it. There's nothing trying to avoid it. So the apparent symbolic world of relativity, the world of appearances, which is immediately available through the five sense gates and through the cognized, the sixth sense gate. And the structure of the synesthetic experience of that, the textures of that, the summation is rather luminous, rather radiant, very much like light in that it has an energy to it. It has a, a clarity and illuminating effect on experience. And yet there aren't objects in that experience. There aren't subjects in that experience. The textures are themselves luminous. The interaction between textures is luminous. So it becomes a sort of self-propagating, free-floating, luminous mystery. And the empty nature 
is never missed. The empty penetrates the full, penetrates the empty, penetrates the full, ongoing. It's very fractal-like. Everywhere you look, it's there. Everything you hear, it's already there. Everything that's felt, it's already there. Interpenetrating itself. So there's no fixation on the whole T, the universality, and there's no fixation on any particular part. One part is the whole. One movement is the sum total of all movements, which is stillness. Now, none of this holds itself to a conceptual framework. This part's important because this is where the mind sneaks in even after profound experiences. There's no framework. And what's seen at some point, hopefully, is that the framework, no matter how subtle, whether it's a framework about a particular system or religion or method, practice, doctrine, description, The framework itself is directly tied to the fundamental sense of there being a discrete self, an entity apart from everything, from other entities, from other objects. That fundamental filtering apparatus is exactly what creates those frameworks, those inherent views so that it can continue relationship with them to keep itself apparently in existence. And all defense mechanisms are tied to this. But it's based on a mistake. <laughs> Trying to defend itself all the time sure makes it feel like there's something there to defend, doesn't it? Trying to solve the problem of my suffering all the time sure makes it feel like there's someone suffering, doesn't it? Can you imagine there being suffering without a sufferer? It's easily available. And yet, that's exactly what's seen beyond the self-structure. There can be suffering without a sufferer, but that's a much easier problem to directly address because the self-structure, the sense of separation, the sense of duality, the sense of subjectivity, is itself what gets in the way of getting at those fundamental, very simple, but profound misperceptions that cause us to mistrust life, mistrust our experience, mistrust ourself, mistrust our partner, mistrust our family, mistrust our thoughts, mistrust our emotions, mistrust the senses, So beyond the self structure, you have access to the roots of suffering. 
You can't overlook them. Just like after non-dual realization, you can't overlook any emotion, for instance. Everything is felt so directly because there's nowhere to hide, really. When there's no self-structure, there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to go. There's no way to not see well, I shouldn't say that because it, it can happen for a while, but it's much, much more difficult to not see the direct cause of suffering. And it's essentially holding a view that says this should not be this way. That there's any reason whatsoever that things should not be as they are. But when there's some body, body, I don't mean a physical human body, I mean a, a body of energy, apparent body of energy, that, hold, that itself holds that view that something's wrong. That's a much bigger problem to work with. So that's why we do it in layers. We start with awakening at the level of the mind, and go from there. But in the final analysis, when we see that these simple, misperceptions that have dire, profound implications on our experience can be easily addressed by looking at what we are perceiving as wrong, where that fundamental no is that just says no to everything, as Adyashanti rightly points out. We can see that directly and the no can become a yes. That's a very auspicious realization. It's the most fundamental realization in one sense. It's the most subtle realization. It's so subtle, and yet the implications are profound, overarching all-pervading through all layers of delusion and suffering. <laughs>